It's the What's Your Opinion Show, our daily talk show focusing on you, the people, events, and issues of Marshall County. Now here's your hosts, Kathy Bodorf and Rusty Nixon. Good morning, everyone. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. Really? <laughs> I never would have guessed that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I hear the door opening even as we speak here. Uh, we have. Uh, we well, have... hello, Rusty. How are you this morning? My Kathy, how you've changed? Well. Uh, um, I'm kind of uh, helping her out here a little bit. Okay. She'll be in in just a second. Oh, okay. It's my fault. I was talking to Kathy. <laughs> in, in so, office. Bob, you're trying to, you're trying to save your, your skin right now is <laughs> she, what you're doing, right? She's yeah. like, is he waiting on me? I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just a second. I'm. She's like, I got to get a glass of water. And I'm like, I'll cover for you real quick. What? Water's more important than my need? Yes. I don't know about that. Yes, absolutely. I don't know if that's so, even acceptable. Yeah, just, oh, hi, Kathy. Oh, Kathy's right behind you. She snuck in. She was ready to go. Her stuff is sitting here. Everything is just ready to go. Oh, is that your stuff? Well, I'm glad I didn't look at that. I probably You would have had to shoot me if I had looked at that. intro for your show. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Bob just had me all going every which way out there. Yeah, well, that's that's what Bob's good at. Yes, he is. Just stirring it up. Yes. <sighs> yes, when you think Bob, you think stir. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not going to go there. <sighs> Tuesday morning. It is? Yes, it is. Why, does it feel like Monday morning to you? <laughs> uh, I don't know what it feels like anymore. They are all, I'm, I'm at the age where absolutely everything is running together. All these days just run together. It's just another day. Yes. Well, at least you got to exist for another day. Yes. So that's a good thing. Yes. All right. Good yeah. deal. Oh, we are going to have a guest a little bit later on in the show. Uh, county Councilman Tim Harmon is going to be our guest. We had a county council meeting yesterday. And so we're going to chit-chat about what went on uh, at that meeting. But, you know, I think the big thing, and I'm sure that you have pushed it um, this morning, is the heat. Oh, yeah. And we are under an excessive heat warning. Uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't start till noon today, but go outside right now. It is hot yeah. outside, um, and it continues until midnight on Wednesday. So um, those of you who have to work outside, you, you need to take extra precautions today. Um, the heat index value can go as high as 110 today here in Marshall County. Um, if you have breathing difficulties, this is not a day to be outside. Definitely stay inside, stay in the air conditioning, and and 
you know, don't go outside. Um, but those that you do work outside, drink plenty of water, stay hydrated. Um, from time to time, get out of the sun and sit down and rest a little bit. Uh, definitely check on relatives and neighbors. And don't forget your pets yeah. that are outside. Uh, they need to have water. That's very important, and yeah, they very need much. that really need that opportunity to be able to get in some shade too. Yeah. Um. Today, so, um. You know, working outside. I saw the guys over at the library. They're working on the roof this morning, and that's got to be hot today, even. But they were out early. Well, they were probably smart. It, you know, really get started early. early on it, and yeah. so that they can get off earlier in the day, hopefully, because. You know, heat exhaustion and heat stroke are a couple of the major issues that can happen during weather like we're having. Yep, so you're right. if you suspect somebody is being overcome by the heat, uh, you know, move them to a, a shaded area and and call 911. Yeah. Let let the pros handle it um, and, and make sure that, you know, somebody's going to be OK. So that's that's the most important thing. I really want you guys to take away from today's show yeah. is this this heat is not good and you've got to be careful about it. Yeah. Okay. Um a couple of other things that we can chit-chat about. Uh last night at the city council meeting, uh street superintendent Jim Marquette uh he'd been approached by Don Ecker who sits on the council uh about fuel he he don is starting to get a little concerned about fuel costs and oh, yeah. how yep, the city yep, is yep. going to handle that and how things are going and what you know what are what are we buying fuel for and so um marquette said that in 2020 he was able to buy diesel fuel for two dollars and 51 cents a gallon actually in 2021 he paid two dollars and 23 cents a gallon and they had a locked in price and this year, he was able to lock in diesel at $2.95 a gallon. So not a bad price. No. Um, and they typically purchase three loads a year, um, which is 7,500 7, gallons of diesel. Mm -hmm. So they're doing good uh, with the diesel. Gasoline is another animal. Yeah. Typically, they buy five loads a year, which is about 40,000 gallons. In 2020, the city paid $2.01 a gallon for gasoline. In 2021, it went down. They paid $1.97 a gallon for gasoline. But this year, they had not been able to lock in a price because it seems like it just keeps going up and there hasn't been a good right. opportunity to lock in. So in January... Jim bought 5,000 gallons of gasoline at $2.76 a gallon. In March, he bought 6,000 gallons of gasoline for $3.31 a gallon. And in May, he bought 8,000 gallons of gasoline at $4.20 a gallon, which is still under the pump price. Part of that is because the city does not pay all the taxes that, you know, you and I pay when we go to the pump. Plus, when they buy a a transport load so they buy a tank load they get a better price than right. you know we're yeah. going and buying 
I don't know, sixteen gallons of gas versus them yeah. buying a you know thousands of gallons of right. gas, so they get a better price that way. Uh, so far this year, he has purchased nineteen thousand gallons of gasoline, and it has cost sixty-seven thousand three hundred and eighty-four dollars. Um, he said he started the budget year in, in fuel is purchased out of the warehouse budget. He started the year, um, or he is. He started the year with $180,000. They've already spent over $67,000 on gasoline. Plus, he has purchased diesel on top of that. And then the warehouse also buys all the oils. So, I mean, they do the oil changes in, you know, the trucks for, uh, or the police cars, the squad cars. He does all of those things. Right. Um, and so they buy all the oils uh, in this, that the city uses for that. So I would imagine that he even buys the oils that go into the lawnmowers for oh, the yeah. park department yeah. and the fire trucks and all that kind of stuff. And so um, he knew at the end of last year that things could get tight on the budget. And he had talked to Janine Exaver, who was the former clerk treasurer, and she said, We'll just ask for an additional appropriation next year. And then when Lynn Gorski came in as the new clerk, they talked again about it and said with that we can do an additional appropriation. Uh, Jim told the council yesterday that he, he's got enough funds that he can at least get a, one more load of fuel. Right. Um, but at that point, then, um, he's going to have to get an additional appropriation. Um, Don Ecker, um, or Councilman Don Ecker suggested that department heads kind of start watching their budgets, um, you know, and making sure that they control their spending, um, and look at it as needs versus wants. Right. And if necessary, actually reallocate some funds from a different line item into their fuel line to help that. Because like the police department the squad cars go out there and buy fuel but then they pay the street department for the fuel that they've purchased so it, it affects other people's budgets too uh jeff huyen said that he would agree with councilman um and he asked the department heads you know really look at the possibility of conserving fuel and being more efficient um and went on to say it's just the reality of the situation that we are in. So yeah. you may see you may see patrol vehicles parked more often, um, sitting running radar or something like that, versus you know just driving up and down the street right. looking for something to happen or waiting for something to happen. They may actually park somewhere and wait for something to happen. Right. Um, so. It didn't seem like there was a lot of concern at this point, uh, but just the, the kind of like the heads up, like, let's not get to the point where where there's a lot well, of yeah. concern. Let's just kind of jump on it now and start taking care of it and watching things now instead of waiting. That makes complete sense. Definitely it does. And, and this would be, honestly, this is not just for the city of Plymouth. Um, well, it's the county highway, yeah. but it's individuals and it's local businesses and everybody. I think yeah. um, everybody's trying to to conserve, beginning to, you know, I feel really bad. I have to go to the back doctor today in South Bend, right? 
tomorrow Jim has to go to the VA doctor in Mishawaka. Right. That's two darn trips up north in one yeah. week. You know, it's like, darn, why couldn't we yeah. almost like have scheduled that so that, that one was, you know, the same this day. time. Yeah, yeah, the same day and just done it in one trip up and back instead of having to go it up and back and then up and back again. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is and you got to do what you do. So it just means, and it like in this case, um, instead of Jim going out, driving around, visiting customers, making phone calls instead, calling on people Instead of getting in the car and driving. I mean, yeah. those are the kinds of things that we're going to see. Yeah. A lot more changes, I think, instead. I did have an arrest on Monday about 12, about 10 minutes after 12 in the morning. The Plymouth Police Department was dispatched to Arby's at 1615 Pilgrim Lane here in Plymouth in reference to a suspicious vehicle that was circling the building. So they driving around the building. Yeah, that was that around. was me. I couldn't make up my mind on <laughs> which of the meats I wanted to try. Oh, there tonight. you go. Yeah. Um, Officer Ritchie located the suspected vehicle and did a traffic stop on him. Thirty-one-year-old uh, Stephen Colner, C O L I N D R E S. Colindres. Oh, Colindres of Fulton Avenue in Rochester was arrested for operating as a habitual traffic violator. So he's already had his license yanked, and he was out there driving around after midnight at a, a fast food restaurant. <laughs> so well, he was lodged in the Marsh County Jail on a $1,500 cash bond for such craziness. I know the backstory on that. He was actually looking for the Rusty Nixon International Freeway, oh, or Speedway. Speedway. That was that is just down the road from there at the, uh, uh, well they call it the roundabout, but we all know we, the true name definitely. of that place is the Rusty Nixon International Speedway. Um, that's what he was looking for. Just okay. got a little bit off track. Okay. GPS was a little bit weird. I so. get it. Yeah. Well, he was definitely lost. Yeah. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and he's been found and located to the Marshall County Jail for a while. Okay. Um, Purdue, Purdue University and Michigan State University, their extension uh, offerings uh, are hosting a fruit and vegetable tours for area farmers. And so the next one is coming up on July 14th. It's a Thursday evening from 6 until 8 p.m. And the tour is going to feature a local grower, Norman Mullet uh, from Bremen. And Norman's focus is on organic produce production and marketing. And the Mullet Farm is located at 25013 B Road in Bremen. Um, and the extension offerings are coming um, monthly. Uh, in August, they will tour the Dave Schrock Farms in LaGrange, and the discussion will be on disease. In September, the discussion is on insect control at Fruit Hill Winery. Boy, I think I might like to go to that yeah, one. You could, yeah. <laughs> and uh, on October 13th, it'll be winterizing and storage of produce, although they haven't yet determined where they're going to conduct that one at. If you are a local fruit and vegetable grower and you want to be involved, contact the Marsh County Purdue Extension Office at 574-935-8545 for more information yeah. on the classes that they are offering. So, 
Um, what else do we want to do? Well, we want to do this one. And I know this probably isn't going to impact a lot of people, but I felt that it was important um, for folks to know. Um, because we do have people who drive north right. into the South Bend area. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, there are people that work night shift up there and that kind of stuff. So the Indiana Department of Transportation, their contractor, Superior Construction Company, is going to do overnight road closures of U.S. 31 at the U.S. 20-31 bypass for bridge work through early July. So overnight road closures will be in place on U.S. 31 under the 20 bridge starting Monday, June 20th and Friday, July 1st. The road will be closed from about 7 p.m. at night until 6 a.m. in the morning, and nightly traffic will be diverted to eastbound or westbound U.S. 20. Um, the ramp from westbound 20 to southbound U.S. 31 will also be closed. So um, it, it's just really to give those people who drive up that way, especially those, um, you know, getting off. People get maybe work second shift. Go in at three yeah. and get off at eleven or whatever, you know. Trying to drive home from the hospital or something. I I want people to be aware um, that that's going to be happening. The schedule is weather dependent and subject to change, and work will be ongoing at this interchange through early December. Oh, good. So it's a major mess. Oh, good. Yeah. I can't wait to drive to... Oh, yeah. Football season yeah. and then hot, getting into basketball yeah, season. I just can't wait for yeah. this to be part of my life <laughs> for another year. <sighs> At least it wasn't too bad in uh, baseball season. We were able to avoid it most of the time. Well, that was but, a plus uh, then. Yeah, I guess. Um, I, yeah. yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun, but... At least I don't have to do it very often. Well, that's well, and football season isn't too bad because you know that's only on Friday nights, right. and um, you know about half of those games are home games. Yeah, so that that's not so bad. I forget which ones we go away to this year. I think it's uh, we probably should get that schedule and start looking at that. Goshen and, 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 and oh, they changed it all. Forget it. They changed. Them. Oh, yeah, they changed the schedule so that we they, got a new coach and we changed the schedule. Well, all they up. did that before we had the new oh, coach. Okay, uh, they were trying. The conference was trying to make it so you didn't have to play back-to-back -back road conference games, oh, okay. and then at the end of the year, they didn't want like two four A teams that might play each other in the sectional to play each other the week before. Uh, so they're trying to finagle it so that never happens that's that's the challenge See, that's what's really amazing is for years you know I, I when when it came out i remember john made the comment to me why couldn't they done this a few years ago because <laughs> every year we'd play northwood in the final game of the year and then boom, turn right around yeah, and have to blame sectional in first round game yeah. so that uh that can be difficult on all involved so uh they they were trying to avoid that um and I, I don't know what that means exactly yet, but it does mean some of the games changed. It had been the same schedule for, for God's sake, almost 20 years. Same home and away every year. <laughs> yes, so, exactly. Uh, but they did make that change, so I'm not sure. I know uh, uh, 
I think it, it's got to be Goshen this year on the road, and it's got to be. Oh, Elkhart's not in anymore. Okay, all right, go ahead. I'm just I'm just talking to myself at this point. <laughs> I thought maybe you were getting a text or something. No, no, okay. I'm just I'm just jabbering. Um, today, the Indiana Department of Environmental Management has declared it an Air Quality Action Day, and they've basically issued a statewide air quality action day although the lists of the counties that they put on here do not specifically include marshall county i don't think there's a line where it actually changes from saint joe to marshall county Uh, and so folks who live in marshall county should be aware of that too so basically there's a couple of things that you can do um, that will help for this so obviously drive less carpool use public transportation walk bike um or work from home if possible yeah uh combine your errands into one trip so do it all one shot out and be done sure uh, here is the an important one and i didn't guess i did didn't really realize this avoid refueling your vehicle or using gasoline powered equipment until after 7 p.m um for the air quality? Yes. That would make sense. Somewhere else I read that something about the evaporation rate and all of that, that y- you want to fill your tank early in the morning when the ground is still somewhat cool. Right. Instead, um, you know, if you've got a vehicle, don't let your car run and sit idle while you're at the drive through at the bank or at a you know, fast food joint waiting right. on your food. Turn your engine off. And just sit there and then turn it back on. If you have one of those cars that has that automatic thing, you're 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 set there. Well, most of them have that now. A lot of them do. Um, and then conserve energy by turning off lights and setting the thermostat to 75 degrees or above. And I at my house went around and turned off a bunch of lights today. I have those little tea light things that melt the wax, you know. I, I went and shut all those off. Turn the hood off, light off of the stove off. Um, set the thermostat. I set it at 76 at my house, upstairs and downstairs today. Just because I'm a little bit fearful that, you know, everybody, and it's not just right here. I mean, there's a huge area where this excessive heat, if everybody's cranking up their air conditioner, I mean, there's a possibility that we're going to have some kind of a blackout situation. And right. actually... We have Dave Llewellyn coming in on Friday to talk about um, the possibility of running out of energy and having to do some of these rolling blackouts in the future. We did a story on it last week. Right. And so he's going to come in and talk about that. But, uh, you know, people just need to kind of be careful. Um, You know, turn, don't waste energy today because everybody's going to be wanting to have their air conditioner on and they want to be cool and right you know if if you don't think your house is cool enough go stand outside for five minutes and then come back in and you'll go oh this feels nice in here yeah um so you know just a few things that folks can do to sure save some energy today sure all right why don't we take our first break of the morning and when we come back Um, we can actually talk about what happened at the county council meeting yesterday talk for a minute oh what you forgot to get the prize out and it uh, is no. Tuesday. No, I just, I'm having trouble with my mic. Yeah. It sounds like I'm sure. back at the prize folder, sure. but I'm not really. I'm just, 
Uh-huh. I was trying to fix my mic there. So. Uh, uh, yeah. Doesn't quite work for everybody. I don't think anybody believes it anyway. <laughs> uh, caller number six. Uh, if you or anybody in your family have won a prize from us the last six weeks, please give somebody else a shot. We're going to go with this first, I think. Uh, we got another gift for later, but right now I'm giving away two uh tickets to holiday world splash and safari so uh, wouldn't that sound like fun today oh yeah it would (laughs) so we've got a pair of tickets to holiday world i can see you and maggie on the flush right now on the on the toilet bowl yeah well that's different that's a different that's that's oh they have the the same similar thing down there do they i'm pretty sure i can't remember if they do or not it's been a few years but uh you got the water park and the theme park uh, you got a pair of tickets. If you're caller number six five seven four nine three six four zero nine six five seven four nine three six four zero nine six caller six. The Labor Day weekend concerts you asked for. B one hundred and Plymouth Motor Speedway welcome Chris Jansen. September fourth at Plymouth Motor Speedway. Doors open at three p.m. Jansen, live in concert. Have the keys to the cage to the Johnson's Lake. A little honey hole to take you, honey. I ain't got the keys to the city, but I got the keys to the country. With special guest, Parmalee. Take my days, baby, take my nights. Go and take the rest of Also appearing, Shane Prophet, Levi Riggs, and more. Tickets go and sell June 10th at 10 a.m. at the box office and at PlymouthMotorSpeedway.com. General admission and reserved seating available. Chris Jansen in concert. Turn those horses loose and get your tickets now. Produced by Plymouth Motor Speedway. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? Call Apex Waste. Large or small, we'll take your call. When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and no taxes. What we say is what you pay. Apex Waste is a local family-owned company that is dedicated to reliable, friendly service. Call Apex Waste at 574-896-APEX. That's 574-896-2739. Or visit us online at apexwaste.net. It's hot. Get your cell phone out and dial 574-936-4096 or text 574-307-6647 and be part of the show. Now let's get back to what's your opinion on WTCA in Plymouth, Indiana. All right, Sandy's going to be cooling off at some point. She's not going to be hot in the city. No, she's not. (laughs) She's going to be cool. At, at Holiday World yeah, Splash so and Safari. Jump in your car today. Just drive straight down yep. there and get in the, in the water park. So, Sandy, congratulations. You are the winner of our tickets. Good deal. You picked a good song, too. Thank there. you very much. Yeah. 
Uh, we have a guest with us in the studio this morning. Tim Harmon is here to talk about the county council meeting. Good morning, Tim. Morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Before you would get to the county council meeting, though, I, I gotta ask, uh, um, anything, anything hot and new in the pizza business? <laughs> we got something cooking. No pun intended. So. <laughs> Oh, you you didn't you didn't warn me, Tim. I didn't have this ready. I'm I'm sorry. So uh, because only because the interest is is the kitchen here in Plymouth is kind of like the test kitchen, and so you guys are you know always experimenting and trying new things. And we've got a sandwich menu now established over there. We've got uh, some stuffed crust stuffed crust pizza. Working on a maybe a pan pizza, but the pan is. Uh, hard to do because you need uh, more equipment to, to deal with that type of uh, product. It's, to get it's, that crust it's got a, It's got to rise, you know, slowly uh. rise before you can even cook it. So you spread it out in the pan and it's got a slow, we call it proofing. It's got to proof for an hour or two. Oh. Because if you cook it right away, once you spread it out, the, the dough will be too soft and, and, and doughy. So uh, I'll even give a, a compliment to our uh, competitor, Pizza Hut. They they've done it well for many years, but it has to slowly rise. And if you if you ever had a pizza that was kind of doughy, it's because it didn't rise for an hour or two prior to being cooked. And uh, you know that's that's so that's the difficulty of pan pizza. You got to kind of time all that. You know, an hour or two. And in you advance. can't tell the customer. Uh, your pizza will be ready in 90 minutes. Or... Yeah. So we have to kind of work on a way to to, to, to quick-proof it. And uh, we've not gotten there yet, but uh, uh, pizza's doing well all over the place. I mean, if you're a carryout or delivery place, you know, you have a line and you have a lot of waiting uh, customers sometimes. It's just a hard place to be in right now. I mean, don't know what happened to the labor force. Up until about a month ago, we were pretty good. Um Unfortunately, I think we got a pending uh, recession coming. I can't, you know, say yeah. that it's 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 doom and gloom, but uh, I, I hear that Elkhart County is starting to slow down, and that's always the first sign. And uh, interest rates rising, and yes. uh, prices going up, and uh, ga well, gas obviously five and a quarter. Well, Makes it, it hard on the delivery person, doesn't it, it? It does, and they they get all of our delivery fee, and we actually need to probably raise it up just a hair just to help them uh, out sure. over this next uh, few months because it's a. Uh, it's painful, but the drivers do okay still. I mean, we're fortunate. People are pretty generous with the tips, so, um, you know, maybe they're making it up in that way. But uh, I've had to deliver quite a bit, uh, not so much uh, this last month, but uh, prior to that I was delivering, and I'm surprised how, you know, generous people are. Have, have you seen, like, you? We I think we all expect that when the kids come back from college and summer and school gets out, you know, you've got your high school students, you've got your college students, have you seen the influx of those people, or are they? Yeah, not not like we used to. Exactly. Uh, uh, Napanee used to be an area where it was just a sweet spot for us. You know, a, a large population of kids relative to the number of businesses. So the Northwood School District, just a little bit smaller than Plymouth, but, you know, they, they have a third or half the businesses Plymouth does. And so we're able to uh, always get a lot of high school kids over there. Boy, I tell you what, you know, they're plucking them right away, you know, and uh, you make Forty, fifty dollars an hour in the RV industry, easily fifty, sixty. Yeah. And your eighteen-year-old kid, you know, yeah. you know, we have delivery drivers that are that are making kind of money like that, and it's hard to even get delivery drivers. But it's a it's a different world right now. I've I've not experienced anything like this, and any business owner will tell you, especially in retail, it's not a great place to be. You know, for 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 some time, you know, for for labor. You know, it's not a great place to be. But we've always had some good managers and. Uh, 
down in Culver, they're doing really good. They got a nice full staff, but you know, a lot of the stores are struggling right now. So uh, it, it's the industry. I was talking to a, um, I know we're going to talk politics, but this is a kind of, kind of relates to politics. Uh, labor is a, is a political yes. issue too, but uh, five, six months ago, we're at Applebee's. I know the manager over there fairly well, you know, and I was talking to him and he said, you know, normally I have 50 people, five, zero, 50 people on my schedule. I got 21 right now. I'm like, wow. Yeah. How do you run with 40%? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's tough. So, so, so if everyone would just keep in mind, you know, restaurants are doing the best they can. You know, I was at, uh, I love Wendy's and I went to Wendy's the other day, but the dining room was closed and there's nothing against Wendy's, but I, that's just the reality. And the line around Wendy's is long. And they have a good drive-through. They're pretty quick through there. So I don't mind, you know, sitting in the drive-through if there's 10 cars ahead of me, but just keep in mind, it's, it's, it's a weird, weird dynamic right now. So it is. Well, and have you also noticed uh, they're, they're a prime example then, um, that a lot of people aren't eating in as much as they used to. And it is more yeah. uh, carry out and home delivery. Yeah, we uh, absolutely. And we were never a dine in place. We never set ourselves up to be dining. We were always carry out delivery with a few tables. And uh, for us, you know, it's, it's been okay because that's where the customers are going, dine in and del- mm-hmm. I know, I'm sorry, carry out and delivery. Um, and those few occasions you want to dine in, you know, some of the places are just really packed. Some of those places that are doing dine in seem to be packed, you know, but because there's, there's still some demand there for dining, no doubt about it. But, uh, it, it, it's more of a carry out delivery market right now. And if you don't have a, 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 a drive through or, or a, a delivery service, you know, you're kind of behind the eight ball with the exception of some of those few places Hacienda still seems to be going strong. We ate there the other day. I can't say for sure what their situation is like. Uh, Wings, et cetera, is uh, doing, you know, okay from, my, from what I observe, but I don't know the, the internals. Well, it, it is a tough thing, and it kind of kind of leads into a, a portion of the meeting. Actually, it ended up being a big portion right. of the meeting yesterday um, where Jason Peters uh, came in um, basically to talk to you guys about the future of the county highway department. And the issues that he is beginning to see with hiring and actually um, some of him as employees, uh, there are headhunters out, you know, trying to steal his current staff away from him. You know, uh, it's it's a challenge and uh, it's real because that industry, uh, the trucking industry, if you have a CDL, you are in high demand right now. And even if the recession comes, I think they're still going to be in demand because they're 20 to 30% understaffed right now throughout the nation. And, um, you know, I have a young guy who works for me. He does pretty well. Um, he's given an opportunity because he has a CDL to do something, uh, you know, he could, instead of managing a, a pizza place, he could just kind of get in a, a rig or, or some big equipment operator and, and just kind of have a, you know, a chill life to some degree. And, uh, it's appealing and he has offered quite a bit of money. And, um, you know, that's what Jason is facing right now. I, I, I think, you know, the county has a lot of uh, things to offer as far as stability of work. Uh, you never know what you're going to get if you go to a new employer. You never know what you're going to get. He's got uh, some good benefits that we can offer, uh, decent hours, uh, you know, retirement plan through the, uh, the, through the public retirement uh, um, pension plan. And, and these guys can, uh, you know, they have something. But when you're offered... Uh, seventy-five thousand, eighty thousand. We're paying almost half of that. I mean, the new a new driver right. yeah. with a CDL at the county. We did the math. Uh, Twenty-one oh four is the starting rate. 
that extrapolates down about 44000 ish a year. I mean, that's not a terrible wage, but I'm just saying, if you can get offered 80000 you might roll the dice and say, you know, oh, yeah. I don't really know these guys, but I'm going to take a chance, you know? Yeah. And, and so, so if he loses one or two, you know, the, the enticement to the other folks that work in the highway department could be like, wow, I'm, I'm going to. So, and you got a family to feed. You can't blame guys for, you know, taking a chance to, to almost double their pay. So I, I think we have to do something and we have to do it quick. Um, and that's the one thing he said uh, that he, he know he brought this. It's not the best timing at all. We're at the middle of the year, um, but the situation is not getting better. And um, he wants to be able to go back and tell his employees. And I think he, I think he got that yesterday. Oh yeah. At least a positive. We are willing to to look at this. We are definitely willing to look at it. Um, there were a couple of suggestions. Uh, you actually uh, made a suggestion of doing a stipend, which I know. I know in the in the courthouse, the judge does a stipend for somebody who speaks Spanish. Mm. Um, you know, there's been that in the past, um, and you suggested maybe a stipend for a CDL driver. Um, it, it's just a. It's just a uh, something to brainstorm. It's it's not a you know silver bullet but it's just something to throw out there see if that's a good idea i like the idea of of maybe paying for certain uh requirements for the for the from to get the cdl that's a very small you know number i i, I think the idea of maybe saying hey then maybe we can pick up your health insurance this year maybe we can give you um you know i i, I think it probably in my opinion um you know maybe the best rate way to go about it and and i'm and i'm not made a final you know decision or or a conclusion on this I do think that it's such a specialized um, trade having the CDL. You could probably do a new job classification for the county, kind of like a security. We have a. We, you saw yesterday we had three security officers. Right. Uh, sheriff was trying to get the two in the in the courthouse a little bit more uh, hours, but by doing that, you know, you raise the pay of that uh, or, or raise the hours of 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 that uh, officer being compensated and included. Uh, the county building officer as well. So now, you, you know, you have a job classification for three guys. You know, why can't you do a new job classification for someone with a CDL? And I think that might be, that's my my silver bullet, uh, you know, maybe a solution. And maybe it's not a silver bullet. But I, I think there's something, in other let's get around the table. Let's all come up with ideas. Like, how can we, you know, maybe make it a little bit more enticing for these guys? And I got some texts yesterday. I thought there's some good ideas. One is maybe why not start the health insurance on day one? They have to wait 60 days before they can get their health insurance why not you know do something to encourage people to new employees because right. he said he actually had a job posting for two months and has not had any any hits on it at all and that health benefit's a big one you know right I mean, we pick up quite a bit i think julie said if it's a family a full family plan the county share is i think she said sixteen thousand dollars is that right or, I, I, or eleven thousand it was a big number it, anyway whatever our portion is you know and and what I'm saying is the employees portion because I'm on it. Uh, I think the family plan is four twenty nine, four thirty a month. Um, for um, uh, I think I got the uh, 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 oh, the health savings account plan. <laughs> but my point is, you know, maybe you can offer that on day one. You know, maybe you can pick up a little bit more and make these maybe make it a little more enticing to people. So the number Jason uh, threw out there. Uh, was to go from maybe $21 an hour to 25 And that's uh, not outrageous, $25 an hour to be a CDL driver. In all honesty, the, the young guy working for me, I think he's getting paid. Because uh, he's, he's, he's actually doing it one day a week. I think he's getting paid $35 an hour to be a CDL. 
<laughs> and 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 he's being offered more you know so uh-huh. so there you go but well and uh, they they are offering large sign-on bonuses they are um for you too and that makes it hard to you know okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave my job where i know i'm getting you know 35 or 40 hours a week i know i work every week you know i it, when you go to the construction field, uh, we know that come in December and January and February, you know, there's not a big demand for right. um, construction road work projects. You know, those guy kind of guys kind of take a a layoff in in the winter time. Um, but if if you're getting a, a ten thousand dollar sign on bonus, uh, you know, it's like okay, as long as we're careful about this, and I'm going to make you know. Ten dollars more an hour than what I'm making now. Why not? Why shouldn't I try it for my family? I mean, that's where—that's really what they're thinking about—is—is is their family, and you know, it's, it costs them just as much to go to to work as it does everybody else. Gas prices are going up, food prices are going up, rent prices are going up. So you know, everybody's dollar is getting squeezed tighter, and it is. And and as the budget uh, will be probably. Uh, at least we'll get our books next month, I assume. We'll get you know some sort of numbers to start kind of looking at. They'll start putting in their uh, requests and whatnot. We've always you know done good as a county of, of balancing the books. You actually have to by statute. You have to pass a balanced budget by statute or they won't approve it down in Indianapolis. But um, there's there's room to still do some of these things. And, uh, you know, revenues are still good. Um, yes, the costs are going up, but revenues are, are still good. So we'll get projections and all that stuff. And... Uh, I, I, the bottom line is, if you're paid $21 an hour to start, you know, and there's longevity pay, I, honestly, I don't think the wage actually increases. It, the only way you get a higher pay the following year is it's called longevity pay, and that's uh, like $200 for your first year extra on top of, of your annual you know wages, and then it goes up to three, four, five hundred. You get a little bit extra for every like year. Like $100 more each year you go. I think... I actually so, think my son's been there six years, and so it'll be six hundred dollars in six. That's n- in reality, that's not a lot of money. Uh, divided by fifty-two <laughs> weeks, uh, is that uh, twelve dollars a week extra? You, you know, know, that's yeah. You know, it's not. And, and again, if the if the if the market wage for a CDL driver is thirty-five dollars an hour, we're paying twenty-one. You know, we're a little behind. Now we again have a lot of things to offer that maybe the private sector doesn't. Again. Job security, I think better hours. Paid uh, holidays. Paid holidays. And so, you know, that has to be factored into the compensation package too. But uh, there comes a point, if, 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 the, if the gap is so wide, and I'm a 25-year-old kid and I got a CDL license, I might just say, I'm just going to go ahead and take it. Or if I've got a family right. and I'm like, you know, I really need to improve my life a little bit better. You know, that's what he's facing. Um and, and I, th- I think it's fair to, to look at, you know, doing more for people for job retention. I've had to do that as a business. Sure. I mean, we're all competing for employees. And it's a fair expense to pay a wage or labor rate that, that retains your employees. Because we talk about fixing roads. We know you need money, but you can't fix roads without manpower either. <laughs> and so, you know, why why attack the problem if you don't have the people? So we need to... You know, retain the people if we're going to fix more roads and hopefully, you know, maybe even recruit more people. And then it becomes a money issue more so. But, you know, he's got he's got an issue with labor and we got to try to solve that. Talking about manpower, Jason said when he started in 2004, um, right now he is currently down eight employees from when he started. And if you go back to t- 
to 2002, they're down 10 employees out there at the highway department. And so um, he also did say that he he can foresee uh, in the near future possibly five employees leaving. And and only one would be a retirement. And I think uh, the highway department employees are 32, 33. I don't know exactly what the exact number is. It's in the low 30s. And I don't know how many of them are are actually on the the paving crew and the road crew. He said approximately 25 this could affect, you know. And so if if you go from 25 to 20, it might really um, disable your ability to, to get the roads paved and fixed so you gotta you know you need people i mean we're not going to automate the 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 road paving crew anytime soon (laughs) so so you need people and uh definitely got to try to to retain them and it'd be nice to recruit more and and again put together a plan to try to do this now um wagner irwin and shealy is the company that was hired a, a couple of years ago to actually really come in and look at the county's employees at a whole and kind of make pay more equalized through all of the departments. So um, if you're, if you do an administrative job in the courthouse and you're doing an administrative job at the highway department, that your pay is equal, Um, that they're they're trying to make the jobs pay similar jobs or paid the same similar wages. Um, You, I believe it was you who actually kind of wanted to know like what, what does Wagner, Irwin, and Sheely value a CDL at? Um, because it, it appears that the value of that has changed over the last few years. I, I think it's, I don't want to say it's subjective, but, you know, to some degree, I don't know if you need a big study or even a consultant fee for this. If we have the ability to reclassify a CDL driver as a special job description category, kind of like the security guard, then we can say, okay. These guys start at 23 or 24, not 21, or the base pay, whatever it, whatever that number is. And we can base it off what's our financial <laughs> um, revenue stream, how much can we afford, what 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 sounds like. You know, it's just kind of almost take a – you got to have your finger on the pulse. I mean, I don't know. If I want to – I'd hate to pay a consultant twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars mm-hmm. to come up with a number that's wrong. One department head uh, texted me yesterday, and I'll, I'll leave him anonymous, and, and, and he doesn't feel that Wagner or Sheely does an accurate job with this stuff. And we heard testimony yesterday from another department head that they didn't think Wagner or Sheely did a good job. So I don't know if, it, it's, if it's rocket science. I mean, I mean Jason threw out a number. Uh, you talk to your guys. You know, what, what do you, you guys are considering leaving. What do you, what, would, would 2250 keep you? I mean, that's a dollar fifty more with 23, 24. I mean, I think you could probably, you know, just kind of figure it out yourself without having to go through this big study, you know, and, and pay a bunch of money for a consultant. But I don't know. We could call up other highway departments locally. What are you guys paying? You know, get, get some ideas. So um, he Jason threw out a number of 25. And so do the math on 25. Can we afford it? All right. No. Now, we probably could afford it if we use some of the American Rescue Plan funds. Yeah. But those run out and and they have to be spent. You know, there's only a limited time. So I don't know what happens when we get to the other end. Um, you know, we'd have to figure out how to make that come into the budget. Or or if, if a stipend is something that is basically determined yearly. Um, it, it does seem, though, that, you know, 
after the first year or two, I'm getting a five thousand dollar stipend. You don't want to. Give you that would up. anticipate I was mm-hmm. going to get it from here on you out. Would. Too. You would. You don't want to give that up, and that yeah. that would be something you know not <laughs> desirable for anybody. You know, you you might start counting on that stipend. You know, you might Certainly. say, okay. Maybe it's a one once a year lump sum payment. You might be counting on that for some special expense that you're not going to. Uh, boy, it's kind of like tax return. You know, you get your tax return money and you might be right. planning on using it for something. I'm planning on my stipend. I'm planning on my bonus. Oh, I didn't get it this year. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, we I, I, we got to do something. And, and I think the bottom line is, you know, uh, we're going to have a meeting on Monday. Um, a work session. Just, just to sit around a, a, a round table. Uh, uh, apparently it's going to be live streamed because I requested kind of the one day, uh, uh, one week a year I can't be here. Uh, I'll get I'll get shot if I don't go to Iowa with the family. But uh, and they and they carry guns out there. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, but it's one week I can't be here, and so we're going to have a a live stream meeting, and I'll just be be watching it on my phone and uh, maybe texting some ideas. But I think I'll probably send out maybe an email, maybe some thoughts prior. But uh, I like the idea, and I'll just make it public. I like the idea of reclassifying these guys. Uh, maybe in their own special job category and, and maybe doing something with a, a little bit different pay rate. But I also want to definitely, um, you know, consider what everyone one says. I mean, it was a good idea to maybe, you know, with, by John Van Vactor, hey, let's maybe talk about picking up the health insurance. Uh, get another department head. I'll just keep it anonymous. Why don't we maybe start that on day one? Say, okay, you know, and then present the package to the guys. Here's what you got with, with, with us. <laughs> we want you to stay, you know, uh, what do you think about this package? And, uh, you know, just go from there. I, I, I don't know if you have to really go into in-depth, in-depth analysis with a consultant, though. Um, I, I do know that the sheriff is um, having some of the same issues. And right. he brought forth that uh, when you look at him, his department, and you look at Plymouth and Bremen, uh, a, a sheriff's deputy is paid 14% less than what a Plymouth police officer or a Bremen police officer is paid. So you wonder why you can't keep deputies. 14% is a good amount of money. Um, and so it's like, it, it probably, it well, and Julie actually even said, uh, Julie Fox in the auditor's office, that she's lost uh, several employees to other departments in the county where there was an opening for a higher paying job. Mm. So. Yeah. I, I, I don't know exactly what they're paid. I think, I think they start off fairly, fairly decent. I, I honestly think they make more than the, than the highway guy. I could be wrong at that. I, I know they're in the 21 to $22 an hour starting pay to work in the offices. So I, I don't, you know, I think that's a decent pay, you know. Um, but again, you know, everyone has their opinion, and if one if one group starts getting more money, then the other people see it, and then they uh, want more money. Annually, everyone does. Uh, so long as uh, I mean, I've only been there for one budget, but you know, it, it, you kind of look at the years past, you can kind of see that the wages have gone up year to year. So uh, there might have been a time when there was a wage freeze, uh, but last year I think there was a, a five, uh, roughly a five percent increase. You know, I, I, roughly. You know, I'd have to look at my my numbers in the books, but. Uh, I would expect that's going to be the same this year. You got inflation at eight <laughs> percent. You're not well, keep. You're not keeping up. You know? I, I know uh, Julie did mention yesterday that uh, the department heads are getting their paperwork now right. to to get their budget request in for next year, and she told them to put in a ten percent increase for insurance cost um, because that's something that you guys don't know until way late into the budget process. Unfortunately, I think it comes usually in September. Um, and then she also told him to put in 
$2,500 for full-time employee increase, which is very substantial. Um, but that just basically says we can't go any higher. Uh, you know, she's looking at, at, at the budget, the total budget at the end that, you know, here's the request and we, we got to watch with the levy and all of that. It all has to match in there. And so she asked them to put in 2,500 and we'll see, um, it's probably unlikely that the raise will be that high. Um, but we'll see where things go when the budget requests come in. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, you can't pass a budget in deficit. So that's something you put together and send your numbers downstate and they approve it or they send it back. And, uh, I think we'll be fine. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just the reality of life. There's the cost <laughs> ever since uh, we, we, we colonized the states, you know, ever since we colonized the country. It, it's they've been going up for years, and uh, we're always going to see, in general, rising costs. Um, at this rate, it, it's rough, you know, 8.5% inflation. It's rough. And my industry, again, in, in the restaurant industry, you know, the wages have kept up with inflation. They've increased over inflation. But then you have other job sectors where, yeah, a 5% raise is nice. But that doesn't even keep up with inflation, so mm -hmm. you're actually losing out. So I think that's what the national number was. I, I saw it a few years, or a few months ago, that roughly eight percent inflation and five and a half percent wage increase. So people are actually losing money, even with the wages going up. Yeah, um, you know that's one thing too. Jason mentioned on these CDLs, just so folks understand, if you don't have a CDL or um, that the laws have changed. Yeah. Um, I think it just changed this year, and now to get a CDL used to be, you know, when Dan went to the highway six years ago, he went there, and the other guys kind of trained him. Then he went and paid, I don't know, $150 or something and took, took the training. I mean, as a one-day type thing, and then you take the test, and about 50% of the people pass it on the first test and then some have to go back and take a second one. Well, they've changed it now. And the CDL, you have to go to a certified training center, basically. Um, it costs you between five and $7,000 mm. to get a CDL. And it takes four to six weeks. Now, obviously, mm. they're looking more at long, over-the-road truck driver type situations, not, you know guys driving a dump truck right here but that's what it takes now to get a cdl so cdls are going to be coming in big demand because mm -hmm. it's not going to be so easy to get one yeah it's over regulation that's all there is to it i mean you want safety on the roads but my gosh you know that's over regulation if it's going to require you know all this additionals i just that's the way i see it you know i don't have all the data behind me but my gosh you know <laughs> You're in a tough situation. Can you imagine, you know, with with the nursing shortage we were we were having, and uh, maybe we put more regulations on the nursing shortage or the nursing, or what it would do that to the nursing uh, profession? I mean, my gosh, you know, uh, generally speaking, in, in in times of difficulty, uh, government has actually scaled back the regulation yeah. and given temporary, you know, rule <laughs> uh, relief. But my gosh, I mean, we're going in the wrong directions. It seems like we got a shortage in the industry, and we're making it tougher. To get those people yeah well we'll see what happens it'll be interesting um that meeting will be open that work session will be open to mm -hmm. uh, the public uh, on monday it's at 11 o'clock so you can come to the second floor meeting room at the county building and attend and sit in and listen and actually you guys are encouraging department heads to come um and and y you're wanting their input to know you know 
are they are all the different departments experiencing this employee shortage or this this fear of employees walking for a better paying job yeah it's it's it'd be good to know i mean i'd like to see the numbers and the data uh but it'd be good to know i, I mean again maybe certain departments the, the employees feel that I, I I like what I'm doing. I think I'm paid fairly, and maybe they're not having this issue. But I, I just know that 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 a CDL driver, boy, there's just a huge demand for these guys, and 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 the carrot to perhaps double your pay is it's it's frightening for us who wants to keep our guys, you know. And so, you know, I think Jason came to us with 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 a concern. I've been in the market, you know, again, uh, as an employer, and you don't take these things lightly. And it seemed to me he came to us with an urgent concern, and I wanted to make sure that we didn't kick the can down the road, wait for budget. Maybe next year we give the increase. I think I think got to do something now. At least at least say, look, we're, we're going to address this, and we're not going to be slow about it. Very good. Um, so now we're going to, I'm going to jump sure. back to the beginning of the meeting, sure. uh, where Sandy Dumpy from the Marsh County Health Department was in, uh, requesting to apply for, uh, re schools reopening grant. Um, this is the second year for this grant. It's $110,000. And this is the same grant that, uh, last year the County Council denied her request, uh, to apply for. Um, she did mention that. Marsh County wasn't the only uh, county that got a turn down for applying for that grant. And that uh, apparently that woke up some eyes, maybe. And so they've changed the language in the grant. And um, she just wanted permission to go ahead and apply for the grant. Um, that basically are going to help the schools in our county uh, with vision screenings, hearing screenings, um, working on the communicable, communicable disease plans for the different school corporations um, and immunizations, making sure that students are up to date on their immunizations, and then that data has to be sent down to the state. Um, and obviously those students are not properly vaccinated of getting them vaccinated. Um, she told you guys that um, they will be doing the, the typical childhood immunizations and if somebody wants to have their child COVID-19 vaccinated, um, that either one of the two hospitals here in the county will be administering those vaccinations instead. Um, the health department won't be doing that. And um, you did you you did question a little bit on uh, well, some of the language. Well, we we turned it down, you know, because we were concerned that the Health and Human uh, Services Secretary could. Um, give directives and we voted five to two to turn it down and so it was a majority um, a little more comfortable this year with the language in there don't feel that that's in there so I mean so long as the government isn't putting you know potential strings on it that could be you know harmful to the county's uh, ability to to control its own process you know uh, it's okay grants are not a bad thing they're not a terrible thing I mean it's it's our money it's our way of getting our money back you know uh, sometimes you have to you know uh, <laughs> take the good with the bad when you take a grant, but uh, it didn't seem to be one that was, was onerous and, and that's the one I could, could support. So, um, you know, we've, uh, we've only turned out one, I think, and, uh, you know, that was it and mm -hmm. uh, came back with some better, um, you know, stipulations. And so I think it's, I think it, I think it's supported uh, yesterday unanimously. Um, it was a six to uh, Jesse abstain okay. from voting okay. on that one. That's right. That's right. Okay. So, so you're right. So, but it was, you know, I mean, it's it's we're not anti-grant. We just want to make sure that the 
um, you know, the county's protected and the people are protected as well. So we, it just government overreach can be a scary thing because if you remember, um, the Supreme Court came out and, and they, they were looking at the um, – uh, OSHA mandate, and they said, "Okay, OSHA will 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 rule that unconstitutional, because they didn't see that it was within the employer's scope." Uh, but when they looked at the uh, Medicare and the Medicaid, you know, uh, provisions, they ruled that yes, you could require vaccines and all sorts of other things because you're taking the federal money on that. And that that was, you know, you got to be careful of that you take federal money, you also take the uh, the, the bad. So you take the good with the bad, and and that's all we're, we're we're doing when we when we look at these grants. But we need, you know, there's legitimate grants, and there's absolutely it's our money. So, <laughs> you know, if you could apply for a grant and get your money back, I mean, I don't see it as a bad thing, but you do have to be careful of the strings. And 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 it's some of those grants are so complicated. They are of actually because Jesse asked about the funding for this grant, and it he had trouble. He went online to try and find out more about this grant, and um, it's not always easy to actually determine, um, but um, Sandy actually said that she believed this came through the CDC. Um, it it kind of goes down to the, the the 50 states. They get a, a chunk of money, and then the states funnel it out from there. And it's, you, you want it to be, it's like, okay, that federal piece of it, that's at the state control, but the, it should be the grant However, the state divvies out that grant. We should have to follow by what the grant rules are for the state, not for the federal government going yeah, back. Because it makes it more difficult when you're not getting it direct. Well, I I, I, I'm a state's right guy. You know, I, I, I think, obviously, if you look at the history of the country, the country is formed, the federal government was actually formed by the state. So it's not the other way around. And the states were supposed to have, you know, through the 10th Amendment, all you know, powers reserved to the states that was not expressly written in the Constitution. And, and so I, I like state power. I, li- I think yeah. it's better. It's more localized. I was a state legislature and a legislator, and I, and I think that's a really good form of government, quite frankly. It's small enough to where people can um, you know, get a hold of their representative, and, it's, and it's, you know, it's large enough, I think, to have some you know, expertise. You know? So I, 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 I really like the state government a lot, uh, but, you know, um, the powers should be reserved to the states, you know, more. And so I'd, I'd rather see the federal government take, uh, you know, step back and not be involved as much. I, I would agree with you. Uh, next on our agenda was Ann Anglin from the HR department. Uh, the personnel committee had looked at a job description. Uh, Prosecutor Nelson Chipman had uh, made some changes to the job description uh, for a legal secretary. Um, and Wagner, Irwin, and Sheely had reviewed that. Um, and basically it was just a clarification, um, type situation. So what came back from them was that, you know, it doesn't really change the duties, the pay or the classification for that legal secretary. Yeah, that was, that wasn't a hard one. (laughs) That was an easy one, especially when people who know more than you, uh, are, are supporting it. So that was an easy one. Okay. Then we had Jason. And then I have to skip through a lot of papers because I, t- I took a lot of notes on Jason's thing. Um, the, uh, the one thing, too, I, I got to tell you, when we were talking about these CDLs, um, we had uh, Commissioner Mike Burroughs with us last week. And he has his CDL. And he actually <laughs> said that about three times a week, he gets an email from somebody trying to get him to come and drive. Like a headhunter out looking for people with CDLs to see if he'd be interested in driving. So 
And then Stan said he had his Me CDL. So if the county gets really desperate, we got two guys <laughs> with CDLs that maybe. You know, I, I think all three of them, I know Stan and Kevin actually have been on the road crew, both of those two guys. And I, I don't know about Mike, but uh, they, they can't get paid, obviously, because there's a conflict. Yeah. There. But no, they, they literally can get on a tractor or, or be a flagger or something. You know, I, I think those two actually have been helping out. Um, and, and Mike did come up and say another perk may be um, to pay for the CDL physical yeah. that is required. And uh, depending on uh, your health and your age and that kind of stuff, um, CDL physicals are required every three years or every two years or every one year, depending on, on your particular condition. Um, and they cost about $125. Of course, prices may have gone up since Mike got his last one. Right, right. And um, that it, it's not actually covered under their health insurance yeah, for some reason. That's it's, an easy expense to pay. I mean, it's not a big number. And it's every three years they have to get that recertified or, or reapply. Or the, the physical, I'm sorry. The, they right. take it every three years. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I have to pay for the food uh, uh, safety courses. Uh, you know, it's 75 bucks uh, to 100 whatever that number is for, for someone to be uh, a serve safe food handler so yeah, yeah i mean that's just a kind of a cost of doing business whether you're a non-for-profit government or you're for profit so another maybe a possible another benefit that yeah. uh, the council right. can look at, at next week in the work session um then the sheriff was in and uh a after he i'm go i'm gonna throw him under the bus okay um he said not to print it in the newspaper so this isn't the newspaper <laughs> but when he was in college in 1979 uh, between his sophomore and junior year of college he worked for the county highway department um and he said that you know he went out to county highway department they put him in a 10-speed dump truck and taught him how to drive it and then once he got proficient in that, they gave him two high school students and they went out and were the road crew and patched holes and all that kind of stuff. And he said, back then, you didn't have to even have a CDL to do that. Wow. So I really wanted to ask him, and how much an hour did you make back then? But <laughs> And I, I was going to crack a joke, but I didn't think it was the right time. I was going to say, well, no wonder the roads were so bad. But uh, no, in all honesty, yeah, I, I, I think we overregulate and I think we overanalyze and I mean, my gosh, you know, if, if, if your job is to get in the truck and drive material out, you know, I mean, maybe he's right, you know. I'm not taking away from anybody who has a CDL. I'm not. Uh, right. But it's true. I mean, you go out to Iowa, we're going to go out there, and those farm kids, they start driving actually at 14. Right. They, they can get a permit at 14. Oh, these kids are, you know, they're they're, they're driving. That's how you grow up, you know. And uh, I, I think Sheriff made a good point basically just saying that, you know, we're just overregulated. So. Definitely. Um, and the sheriff was there actually to talk about uh, court security and the hours. Um, he had actually made a request. If I rem was it just last month that we addressed this? He had made a request um, to increase the hours uh, for the guys that work in the courthouse. There are two guys there and one, one gentleman that works in the county building. Had, had in increased their hours. And then when it actually came to the day of the meeting, Julie said that he actually wanted a bigger increase in hours um, for those guys because, and he did explain it a little bit more yesterday, that over the lunch hours, basically, you end up with one security person in the whole building, and, you know, if you wanted to do damage, look, over lunch, there's only one person there. If I can take that person out, I 
got control of this building, basically. Yeah, I, I think it's a fair point. I mean, you, you, public safety is a legitimate expense, you know, and I think it's a fair point. Uh, I mean, I think you probably should have two on at all time. I mean, why lower your staffing just because you're at lunch? You know, I mean, a bad guy can come in and at any time, and you'd hate for that to happen at, at the wrong time. Uh, one thing was, you know, we apparently have security officers up in the court. You know, could they come down and maybe help out while the guys are on break? I, I don't know. I mean, now you're going to have to coordinate a series of events and maybe it may or may not work. I, look, I'm in the that's like being in the restaurant business. You know, if you if you could move people around when you have a slow time, that's great. But, you know, what if the courts can't come down and during that half right. what hour, if court, hour? Court doesn't always say. Okay, we're right. in the middle of a hearing, and oh, it's noon. We have to stop yep. right now. Yeah. No, I mean it may go on to twelve fifteen or twelve thirty before they actually break for uh, their court here. You know, their hearing or whatever, and to allow that security guard, then that's his lunch hour too. So now he's got to go downstairs. And so what he was trying to do is just make it the you know for the huge majority of the day there are two officers on duty. Um, they would be paid basically to eat their lunch. Right. Uh, they're in the building while while they're there, and um, and there was probably times they were eating their lunch unpaid and doing the same job. I can't say for right. sure, but they would have the liberty. Then I'm not being paid. I'm on lunch. I'm going to leave. <laughs> now they're going to stay. You know, they're either they were either working for free and having their lunch. Mm-hmm. And definition of work is you know, just maybe sitting there. You know, in in your post at your post. And so I can't say for sure, but the sheriff came forward. I thought it was a reasonable request. Uh, didn't I, I can't remember if we went from 37 to 37 and a half and now went to 30 I, I'm sorry 35 to 37 and a half and went to 40 yes. but I, I think the bottom line is yesterday he was asking for two security officers at all time and I thought no that's legit you know I, I just think it's you know you, you got to have you know public safety uh, being upheld in this day and age I think it's really important yeah. and and yes we we're very fortunate you know you have one entrance in one entrance out you have a an x-ray machine to look at, you know, somebody's purse or whatever that's going through. You have a machine that you go through that detects if you have metal on you. Um, so it does give some a sense of security. But, I mean, they could shoot before they got to that machine. Even. And, I, and I think that passed <laughs> unanimous. I don't think there was yeah. a dissenting vote at all. So I think it was a unanimous decision. I, I, I want to say John Van Vactor maybe even made the motion uh, to... to to move it, you know. Jesse I'm, made the motion and John seconded, seconded it. Okay. Yep. Well, there you go. So, I mean, you know. It, I think the neat part, too, was it went into effect yesterday. Because yeah. it was the first day of the pay period. And so, um, you know, Julie, actually, Julie Fox, the auditor, said, can it go into effect today? Because it makes it easier on the pay. And they said yes. And the sheriff says, I guess I'll be buying lunch for some people today. <laughs> <laughs> because they probably didn't plan to, you know, have lunch with them. So. Sure. Um, you guys then went into your additionals. Um, uh, there, there was a special. Uh, there was a request to use some special lit money, um, and this is going to be for out of the jail. You guys are doing an improvement out there to the video recordings, and the company said that to go along with that, you need to make. Um, an, an improvement to the intercom system so that when something is happening that you can get that that sound that's going along with it if if there's you know whatever screaming fighting words being said whatever um and so that increase was $121,160 to upgrade the intercom system um at the jail and you guys approved that increase i mean it 
there yeah. we go. It's security again. It's one of those things that, you know, you can't micromanage so much because we even asked the sheriff, though, probably two months ago because he came forward with a request. The first part was with the with the cameras, but along with the cameras, you need the audio. And this is the, this I, I think this was for the audio portion, but, um, you know, and it was already tied into the, the locks and everything else. And so you look at it, go, all right, you know, it's, it's more than we want to pay for it. But again, you know, it is a, a vital government expense and it's legit. And so that that probably passed seven. Oh, I can't imagine. I don't know if anyone, you know, voted against that one. Um, I don't believe so. Um, and then there was an request for additional appropriation for the 11th Road Bridge of $32,000 and the Upas Road Bridge Project for $46,000. And and those are easy ones because, you know, you, you trust your department heads and you, you have a, a CUME Bridge Fund that, that takes in uh, a healthy amount each year and there's a nice uh, cushion in there. And that's that's an easy one. I mean, again, it's infrastructure. It's, it's legitimate uh, functions of government. Um, and then... Ten things got bogged down in my eyes. <laughs> this is where it got interesting. <laughs> um, Lively. Well, and and I really wish that an attorney had been there, the county attorney had been there, because he might have been able to tell you yes or no. Um, you guys had tabled from your last meeting um, the commissioner's request to appropriate uh, the ARP funds. And um, so that came back up, and uh, Julie wasn't sure how long it could stay on the table or, or if it had to be acted on. And so, um, and she did request that there's, I think there were five, um, I think there are five or seven, I don't know. And she requested to act on each one individually. And so the first one that came up on the list was the $300 for aid to nonprofits. And the first question came, what is the aid to nonprofits? It's not very explanatory um the request did not have an explanation well, for the benefit it, it, it's a fair question you know i mean does it go to one does it go to multiple who does it go to i mean does it sit out there for another two three years uh, before it's doled out i mean it's a legitimate question i mean you gotta you know wonder what the function of the county council is i mean if, if you have the ability to say no you also have the ability then to be a little bit more substantively involved so i I obviously that got uh, that that got it ultimately got turned down, but it was it was turned down in a package of the of the the first five. But yeah, I mean that's a legitimate question. I mean it's fair to know if 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 I'm going to be on the hook for for spending money, I I should have the you know knowledge of where it's going. Well, and you know there was some discussion during the meeting. Um, they talked about organizations that the county already gives to. So they talked about money for the boys and girls clubs. The Humane Society, 4-H was mentioned, Marshall Stark Development was mentioned, uh, and the Marshall County Council on Aging was mentioned. Well, there, right there's five. Um, are, are they all each going to, would they share in it equally? I, I don't know. I, I and I think, I, I personally, I'm with you. I would like a, a specific list, these groups, and how much each one is getting, because maybe... The Humane Society doesn't need as much as the Boys and Girls Club does. Uh, I mean, you're talking a, a, a lot bigger group of individuals um, versus, I don't know, 50 dogs, and you're talking 250, 300 kids type situation. I, I think I think we need to see that. You know, I, I think it's fair to you know, ask for at least a, a breakdown, and, and then, again, we're responsible for saying yes or no to this, and... and 
you know, we're just not an ATM. And so we, we, we should have the ability to say no and, and, and ask questions and, and, and have some input. So I think it needs to be broken down. You get into the philosophical debate, what's the role of government too? I mean, is, it, is the role of local government to be involved in some of these things or is it to be infrastructure? Is it to be public safety? Is it to be health department? And so you got to look at that too. And there, there's, there's a legitimate debate on what the role of government and how that, that plays into these, some of these expenses. Um, I do, I do feel, I felt like the commissioners, maybe the, maybe they were expecting that they were going to get a list of questions from the council that we want to know specifically, you know, we want to know on this $300,000 for nonprofits, who's going to get it? How much are they going to get it? How it is going to, how is it going to be divided? Are we going to give it, well, you know, a part of it this year and part of it next year? Are we going to give it all at once? Um, something like that. Well, that's a, that's fair. I mean, we could ask those questions, but at the same time, they could come with this. They could come to us with, with, with that, you know, detail. So, I mean, is it our job to ask the questions or is it their job to come to us with the detail? Well, maybe it's both. You know, I, I, I think it's a fair question to ask of us that should we ask detail of this. Um, you know, I, there wasn't anyone presenting, you know, uh, the, the, the plan. Right. So, so again, Mike came up eventually, but there wasn't anyone really, re you know, presenting, here's where the money's going to. And honestly, if I'm going to ask for money, I think it's incumbent upon me to tell you what I'm going to use the money for. It's not so much incumbent on the, on the, on the, on the person handing out the money, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a fair statement. I should ask questions. They should bring a uh, presentation and that's a fair, fair statement. I just, you know, uh, well, we can get into the other stuff. So uh, I, I just didn't think at that point, you know, this was really something had been discussed uh, as it, when we sent it back. I don't think it was really discussed. Um, I know at the commissioner's meeting last week, um, they did specifically say that they wanted to um, ask the council to appropriate a million dollars for the county highway department mm -hmm. to buy new equipment. I mean, I know Jason has yeah, been does. looking for equipment and has been able to test some equipment. And so, um, and then they also said that they wanted to request $100,000. That's the the cost of administering the plan that was created and, and the funding and, and to watch, somebody has to watch over all this money and make sure it gets spent exactly the way it, it's planned to be spent and that because it all has to be tracked back to the federal government. They have to know you got the money and you spent the money and, and you spent the money the way they want you to spend the money. And um, those were the two items that were discussed after we sent it back, you know, for reconsideration. And it was, it was mentioned that for now, that's all they're going to do is, is do 1 million in highway and 100,000 administrative expenses. I actually kind of wanted to get more into those administrative expenses because I'd like to question some of those because I, I think we're spending a lot of money on, on consultant fees, big money actually. And, and I, I question that, uh, but you know, the motion was made uh, to approve the two and then to deny the five. And that's the action we took on. Um, I could have perhaps asked to amend the motion, you know, that we would have to vote on amending the motion uh, to, to, to actually not do the administrative expenses. Because quite frankly, I, I, I think we're just paying too much for consultants. I, I, I just think we are. I, I mean, I have invoices to say, wow, those are big numbers. And so. Um, so you've seen. I mean, and oh, one yeah. of them is Baker and Tilly. Oh, it's obviously it's, it's high. I, I'm going to just publicly say that we're being charged. 
you know, $370 an hour when they drive from Indianapolis and then $370 an hour when they drive back. I mean, it's, 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 it's shocking. Honestly, it's appalling to me. I made a phone. They do have a member that lives here in this community. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so, so look, I mean, there's other consultants out there that charge less. Uh, You're going to need some consultancy. I get that. But, but to pay the rates and not question the rates, I mean, I'm on, I'm, I'm in charge of managing the money and and I I get it that the statute says if an invoice is, 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 is offered or, or, or given to the county. The auditor would then, you know, seek approval of the commissioners. And they went to Baker Tilly went through the process. So it's not like that, that there's anything Correct. skirting the process. But then I would question, why are we paying these kind of rates? I give you an example. I, I, I was given an email about the jail bond refinance and, and said, call me if you have any questions. I called. It's on the invoice that the you taxpayer, the taxpayer <laughs> that I called and the taxpayers billed $185 for a half hour call. <laughs> That's $370 an hour to take my call. I had no idea that we we're being billed for this. I would have never called. I just kind of think, you know, you look at some of this stuff and my gosh, it's in the invoice. Why are we spending $370 an hour? You talk about a CDL guy. <laughs> we're paying, we're paying a consultant $370 an hour to drive a car. To me, that's just wrong. So I, I would have questioned the administrative expense of the hundred thousand. Probably uh, you have to pay him anyway, since the deals were made or the promises were made, or at least the, you know, Con- the, the commitment. There was, probably, there, yeah, there was work done, or whatever. There's work gonna there's or there's work gonna be done. But I, I, you know, that's the one I wanted to really kind of strike from that that motion. Uh, but I would have had to alter the motion, and then the motion becomes, you know, maybe it valid, and then the next thing you know, we can't take action on the top five. So, you know, we took action and. Uh, some liking and some disliking and so um you know we can get into it but we we didn't approve the top five because quite frankly uh it was a five to two vote five were were four denying the top five because it didn't go through in my opinion uh i don't know what's my opinion i mean we 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 were told that it was getting sent back and it was going to be reconsidered and they only reconsidered the highway um, or, or said, for now, we're just going to do these. And so we all thought, okay, the, the top five are just now put aside and we're going to continue. Look, we got two and a half years before we need to decide how to spend the money. We're, we're going to decide how to spend $6.4 million and we don't even have all the money yet. I mean, to, that's not prudent financial management. Let, let's, let's, let's get together and talk about this wisely. Yes, I know it's a commissioner's plan and we have to, you know, basically approve or not approve the commissioner's plan but when you have the power to say no that means your no vote means something and so uh to get someone's support you said say well what's it going to take to get support like well i want more money in roads or i want i want less money here i want more money there I mean, or i want an explanation of i want an explanation of where the money is going so i, I think it's fair if we have the power to say no we have we have the power to actually be involved a little bit more we just do um you know i mean we we we, we will operate within our statutory you know uh, constraints, but I just remember when we were doing the jail, uh, there was a debate uh, because Heath Heath was not for the big jail, and I just remember watching a debate in the, at the council, and I wasn't a member at the time, and and they were talking about you know well what do you want, and Heath said he wanted a, a smaller you know uh, maybe a plan like a, a dormitory style, and and that's that's the power of saying no. You at least get to give your input, you know. At the end of the day, I mean. You know, you, you get you put your input and you win or you lose. Bottom line. So, well, and and there was some discussion. Um, Julie said she actually contacted the feds to find out. You know, and she has to actually make the request 
to get the second round. Yeah. So we have the first round of money, and it's been sitting in the bank, and it's collecting interest. It, be it small, it is collecting interest. Um, but we haven't gotten the second notice to put in our request to get those yeah. additional funds. Overall, we're supposed to get $8.9 million, but at this point, we only have half of that. And so... There was some discussion of, you know, should we really be appropriating money that we don't even have in our hand yet? Uh, we don't have control of. Uh, yeah, that, so, absolutely. Um, there's another question that you kind of, you wonder about. I, I, I think it's putting the cart before the horse. I made my point pretty clear yesterday. I, I think, you know, we've got two and a half years to spend it. You know, you look at some of the expenditures on here, and, and rural broadband, high speed is nice. I actually live in an area where they just you know ran the fiber and i guess you can now hook up to it i don't have to hook up to i don't have to hook up to it you know i can continue to use my i don't know 15 meg download speed and uh and i'm fine with it to me you know rural broadband very high speed for streaming and whatnot that's more of a luxury you know that it, to me it's more of a luxury and people would say that's not the priorities you know i'd rather have my road fixed before i'd rather have that done and so i, I look at the expenditure of, of the rural broadband and i also want to say okay State just given a bunch of grants out to some companies. And is this $1 million now absolutely needed or is it just to kind of reimburse, you know, for expenses, you know, that they incurred? And so you have to look at it. You know, I, I don't know the answer to that question. And, and so I don't know how many homes are going to be, you know, affected by the $1 million additional. I mean, is it just reimbursing for work done or is it going to be for work to be done? And, 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 and then you ask the question, how many homes are affected? What's the cost per home, and and is it a priority? And I think you, you throw out all the, the 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 detail of the numbers. Is it a priority? And and I don't see it as a priority. I'm I'm I may win the argument. I may not. But again, that's the power of being able to say yes or no with your vote. I think I I think that's where we need more clarification. Obviously, um, because I've heard that some of this is more like around the lake area. Um, out in the rural part. And I will tell you, Rusty lived out on Lilac Road, not very far out of town and during COVID. And so he and Maggie were both working from home and they had a, a local provider and the service was not the best, was yeah. it, Rusty? Well, it's because they couldn't, you know, I, I knew uh, straight up that the, I was told by the company that had them before, look, we'll do the best we can, but we've not got a line of sight so you're gonna struggle <laughs> so they did the best they could but uh it wasn't good enough not even close and um, and working from home yeah it was it well maggie it, couldn't stay online i mean she couldn't even keep her computer on and so to have while uh, you just you want to know okay this wire is going to go down the road how many homes and and properties is it going to be in front of yeah, How I, many will have the opportunity to hook on if they want? Yeah, I, I saw some numbers, and gosh, I, I hate to throw these out there on the radio, but it was a fairly large number per dwelling, you know, just to run the fiber in front of the dwelling. And there's a cost. And I, I, I didn't even want to mention on the radio, but it's, it, was, it, was, it was a significant number. It's kind of like, wow, it costs that much. Well, I don't have – there's no guarantee I'm going to hook into there. I'm not required to right. buy – broadband and and half the people might now this is this is it's an interesting 
topic. Is, is a utility a function of government? Now, some governments do <laughs> have their own utility departments, like Bremen and right. Argus. They, they do their own electric. Is it a, fu- a function of the private sector? You know, yes, but they're also highly regulated. Uh, this is not one, um, you know, that's uh, going to be seen as a, as a huge um, excessive expense because it is it is kind of a utility that people want, you know. And so, uh, but I don't know how many people want it. But I think, again, I just kind of, you know, talk to people, and especially in the rural areas. I, I believe they want the roads first and then the broadband. I think if we ask the question, maybe we should pull it. Would you rather have roads first or broadband first? Could we try to do both? Maybe we can try to do both. But right now, I, I do know what it's going to take to fix the roads. And uh, all nine million of the art money, it still would come short because Jason did put out some numbers yesterday of material costs that a that a triple chip and seal, which will build a pretty good road, they built that uh, between roughly 12B and 14 or 15th road down in Argus on Juniper Road. So Juniper Road was a triple chip and seal, and I think today's money just in material is forty six thousand dollars ish. You know, the single chip and seals, which help give additional life to, to a decent road, is $16,000. One, one of them I, I need to ask him on, and I think, it, I think it's 54000 a mile. That's when they use the cold paver or the pug mix. That stuff is pretty darn good. I would love for us to start taking all 300 bad miles and start using that, that, that sucker. But that, now you're talking $15, $16 million to take 300 really bad miles of road. What if, we, what if we did half of that, 150 miles, you know? Maybe it's $8 million. But but my point is, you know, that's where I'm looking toward this. I don't want to deny the fact that sewer in the in the lakes areas, and we, we did we did approve the sewer district, might need some money. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's an infrastructure project. I mean, it's legit. It's still two, three years down the road. Could it be funded other ways? Does it need $2 million? I'm being right and honest with you. I don't support $2 million right now because I, I, don't, I don't think we even have any idea. I just don't want to – I think to me it's irresponsible just to throw money – lock it up and we don't even know what the costs are <laughs> so the more prudent uh, measure let's get the uh, bills let's see what it's going to cost and then allocate money once the bills start coming in because to me it's just highly speculative that two million dollars for sewer is needed right now out of this plan um to me it's speculative and and i but i know based on what jason's telling us on the road paving and what the numbers are you know what what it, what it would take and so it, it, it's going to take all nine million if you want to make a big dent on your roads and then some i'm not the only guy on the council everyone has their opinion the commissioners have their opinion and if we win if we win the debate fine if we lose the debate fine but you know that's 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 the power of being you know in office you have a, you have an opinion and you can get, you have to say yes or no i i i do feel like that pug yeah. when they put that down that then in the next year or two, they have to come back over that and do a single chip. An, another chip and seal yeah. on it. So let's just say they put that pug down on yeah. it. Then, then you're committing to seventy thousand another mm-hmm. big chunk of money to go and and you know in the next year or two over top of those roads again. Yeah, and that's um, fair. I mean, it's going to take money. It's going to take manpower. It's going to take equipment, and and that's how you pave a road. It's going to take strategy, and so you have to ask yourself the question: Which road should we spend seventy thousand dollars on? I do like that 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 surface though, because there's there's quite a bit uh, being done around the county with it. Uh, actually, my neck of the woods, German Township, is you know five, last five, six, seven years had quite a bit of it. And uh, you go down uh, Elm Road. Uh, sometimes I'll drop the kids off at the church school, or I'll, I'll take it down to Bourbon. 
And from third road or 3B all the way down to seven, it's it's the cold mix or the pug. And it's like, wow, this is a good surface, you know, and it's durable. It doesn't crack. That hot mix is great for um, a state highway or a U.S. road that has a good base or even a county road that has a really good base. But it but it's brittle and it seems to crack more. They, they put it on fur road. Oh, three, four, five years ago, and it, it within two years, it started cracking, you know, and, and I don't know if that's the right surface for that road, but, you know, it was a huge improvement. Uh, I think we use community crossings for that, if I'm not mistaken, but, you know, uh, that's one thing. I don't know if we can, in the future, get community crossings money for our in-house paving, because that's how you're going to get the, the, the roads fixed. You can't pay 150000 a mile right. with, with, with the outsourced high-dollar pavers, because that's you just do the math, like, oh, that's just too much money. But if I could fix them for fifty, sixty thousand 60000 a mile, okay, and I start using community crossing, okay, this, this, gets, this gets real. Um, and it doesn't have to be the quality of Veterans Parkway. And you know, you're talking about building a, you know, well, that, that that gets expensive. You start building a road like that, it gets expensive. But it doesn't have to have the surface quality like that. You just start doing, um, I think, I think 13th Road, you know, uh, out in out in uh, West Township, uh, getting into Union, it's been uh, cold, cold paved or pug paved. I'm trying to think of some other roads maybe around Center Township. I'd I don't drive the center township roads as much, but you know, you look at olive, that's pretty good. Muckshaw, you know, I mean, if we could, if we could pave them with a cold paver, it would be a very good surface road. It'd be very adequate. It's not going to be as good as the highways, you know, but you need to have that kind of surface for, for a County road. It kind of just depends on the kind of traffic that the road is getting. Traffic, uh, population, tra- everything. Yeah. yeah. It kind of goes hand in hand. So, um, it'll be interesting to see uh, you know and it'll be interesting and possibly this would be another subject that might come up in your work session that you could actually you know maybe write some questions of the commissioners of their plan of you know what what we we want to know these answers before we allocate this funding so if we're talking about um the broadband you know where where specifically where is this money going to be spent because it does go in it's a very specific line item um that solely would be labeled broadband and it would be for particular projects not just willy-nilly hand out money so and you want to know where those projects are you know the number of properties that can be impacted but i i will tell you right now i have I can never keep I think I have direct TV and my bill is like 160 some dollars mm-hmm. a month. That is going away. I'm going to start streaming. So I got to have better I had to have better internet so I can stream and 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 I can use it for work at the same time, you know, and my kids can play games, you know. I mean, families are thinking of that and I I feel like, you know, we're getting it as you said, we're possibly going into a recession time so people are going to have to decide you know what is more important it boils down to what's more important to you ultimately just look at the old school days when we had antenna tv you know and and my <laughs> I and grew I could, up then i couldn't wait till my dad got that 30 foot you know tower to put the antenna on and 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 use the little dial to move the antenna to get the south bend or the chicago stations yes. in and the fort wayne wow we got fort wayne tv now <laughs> Look, man, I, I I don't want to be flipping about this, but in a way, we're kind of spoiled in a way. You know, we have the opportunity, you know, to to have super, you know, high speed internet. That that to me, I see it 
is a luxury, you know, uh, and some people might be offended by that, but I, I kind of see it more as a luxury. I have CenturyLink and we have streaming and, it, and it's good enough for me. I, I don't, you know, it, you can watch most of your Netflix shows without a whole lot of pauses. Every now and then live TV, you get the pause and it's thinking, it's thinking, it's uh -huh. thinking. And then it might, the, the resolution might be a little blurry. But I, I look at the I look at the you know uh, expense. I go it costs us seventy bucks a month for this roughly. I thought you know I, I'm fine with it. You know I, I don't want to spend more. And if, again I'll, I'll beat a dead horse. I said if I had a choice between high speed internet, getting a little bit better than what I got, or or a better road from my house or a better road, I'm gonna take the road. So that's where I stand with this. And uh, again I could probably beat a dead horse. Uh, to death 10 times on it but but uh you know that's that's we just gotta uh, talk about our priorities and, and and what we want and i think everybody's priorities are definitely are different, different. different. I, li I live on muckshaw road i have a nice road out in front yep. of my house and and i i need better internet in yeah. my house yeah, so yeah. you know it just it just depends on on what an individual wants um, maybe maybe we can put a poll up. <laughs> I don't know how scientific <laughs> it would be. Uh, then you would get certain people who don't live in the rural areas wanting, you know. But, but they are wiring up the county with high speed right now. Uh, and and if you go to I think MarshallCountyFiber.com, you'll you're, or .net, I think it's MarshallCountyFiber.com, you'll you'll see a map of where they're going. And there's two companies I believe wiring up the county. I was at a Marshall County Economic Development meeting uh, last November. And a gentleman came up, and I think he was from REMC, and he said, you know, by 2025, 2026, we're going to have uh, almost the entire, I think those were his words, almost the entire county wired. So I think, you know, hmm, do we really need to spend $1 million on on this broadband, or is it just reimbursing people? And I think he asked the question, you know, broadband, roads, you know, a little bit of both. I don't, I don't know. So I don't know. It, and I, I, I felt initially like that request was, as you see it in town, um, it's happened in Bremen, it's happened in Bourbon, it's happened in Plymouth. I mean, we've got wire all over town now, basically. And it's, it's um, happening. Because with... it's very close. The homes right. are right there. And, and granted, not everybody's going to hook into that. But it's easy. And, it, and when it came to the commissioners, it was like, okay, we'll just look at Muckshaw because it's easy for me. That's where I live. So coming down right there, we've got uh, Nutmeg Ridge. That's between Muckshaw and Nutmeg. And there's a housing subdivision and there are probably 50 homes or so so obviously they're like well this is good we can get to this house but then from my house going south you know houses are spread out a little farther right. we got some farm fields and it's like well it's not worth going down there because it's, they're too far apart it costs too much money and you know so there's six houses down there, but if we're lucky, we might get three of them. It's not worth it. So those folks don't get the opportunity to have a better service provided to them. Um, and my daughter-in-law right now, they live with us. She's working for home. She works for in the medical field, and she has to have high-speed internet to do what she does, talk to people online and get services provided and that kind of stuff. So that was the one, you know, they, how... What's your internet speed? Yeah, to, to some it's a so, necessity, no yeah. doubt, no doubt. I, I, it, it does go down to the question, you know, financially, if it doesn't make sense for the private sector to wire up a road that has three dwellings on it, and those three dwellings are no guarantee to even hook into it, you know, you have to ask the question, then what does the taxpayer subsidize? And, it, and, it, and it's, it, it's, you know, when you have population density, you have a better 
bang for your buck. Right. You just do. I mean, that that's just a fact. So, yeah, I mean, you could serve more people per per capita dollar, you know, when you have a, a higher dense populated area. And that's, you know, that's kind of maybe what, what, you know, Jason was thinking with the roads last year, too. We did that additional road paving, but we did it around... We spent some high dollars. It was a hundred. It was about a million dollars, right. and it was only for eight miles. But it was eight miles of highly populated rural area around the lakes, uh, Lake of the Woods, Pretty Lake, uh, South um, uh, South Max and Cucky. Um, some was in the county, uh, yeah, in the rural area. But for the most part, you know, you know, if you're going to spend X amount of dollars paving, it, you know, it's the same thing. Uh, how much dollars per dwelling? <laughs> and you have to ask yourself that question with with broadband too. So. How much does the taxpayer, uh, you know, you know, subsidize, you know, a, a, a very low populated area? That That's a good question. That's why everybody want, should live in town. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, then you guys also um, approved the compliance forms for Fabner Faulkner uh, Fa- Fabricating and Huyen Family Farms. They have tax abatements, um, both of them. Um, and each year they have to fill out a compliance form. Basically, when they get their tax abatement, they say that, uh, you know, they're going to add on three new employees and it'll bring their total employee count to this number or whatever. And so each year, um, which the county does this, you know, the city doesn't do this, but the county actually goes and meets with that person. Yeah. Um, somebody from the council sits down and meets with them, finds out what's going on in the business and how many employees you have and did that equipment come in and is it installed and those kind of things. And um, both both of them were in compliance. Um, actually, both of them had more employees than they had anticipated, so that was a good thing. Yeah, I don't remember Huyens at all, but uh, I, I just kind of remember looking at Faulkner's. I think they went from 36 to 49 employees. And, you know, our council representatives were in charge of, you know, kind of doing the on-site. And, you know, and, and they have the forms, so you're right, they were in compliance. So, you know, you, you grant it. Uh, you know, it was a promise made. You got to kind of keep your promise, you know. And they kept the promise. We keep our promise. And and they're getting down on the on the low end of their tax abatements. Um, um, Faulkner's has a four, four years left on their personal property and three years on their real property. And Huyen Farms has four years left on their uh, real property. So yeah. they're getting down to where they're paying much more in taxes than they were at the 10-year uh, thing. So, you know. We'd be seeing more and more money coming in from sure. them. Um, the final thing that you guys talked about, um, and it was a, a, a fairly short discussion, uh, was the 2023 council meeting schedule. Yeah, I, 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 I if, if someone asked me either night or day, I would choose night just so the public could have more, you know, ability to to come. However. I, I'm, I'm wondering if we can do both. You know, I, I, I talked about maybe, you know, just asking Julie a question. I don't think a, a, a clerk has to be there for a work session. No one technically has to give recorded meeting uh, minutes uh, at, at a work session. So let's just assume we had our, our Monday meeting in the morning. Uh, it could actually be expedited very quickly if you kind of had a pre-meeting work session, you know, a few days before. That's what I, because sometimes it's really, it's, 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 you know, they drag on, they drag on. And maybe the best way to, to talk about appropriations or other things on the agenda is to have more of a, a roundtable discussion. But you would have to do it legally with a public notice and you would have to have a 40, I think it's a 48 hour. I, I, I just wanted maybe... 
you know, throw out an idea in the future that, you know, maybe keep the Monday morning meeting because it'd be very efficient. And we actually perhaps could save some money by keeping it at nine. The department heads can come in, even the public can come in as well. But we could maybe have an evening meeting prior and, and talk about things and, and, and take a lot of public input. Uh, it's an idea I got. It's not an idea that necessarily is going to fly. Um, you will have a definitively a new makeup next year. And I'd I'd rather wait to even see what the makeup of the council is going to be, perhaps, to even to, to, to do this. Um, I don't know why we couldn't change our schedule if we had to. You know, I know there has to be advance notice, but uh, at least let's wait till July to see if there's other candidates slated. Then we'll know more what the, the makeup looks like. So I, I think they should have some input, and I don't mind taking input from everyone. But, I mean, the public does want to have access. They do want to have access. And, and I, I like the idea of doing two meetings a month because, quite frankly, I I think to manage a $34 million budget, you know, <laughs> once a month is, is not enough. You know, that's my two cents. And to have collaborative uh, solutions and, you know, um, maybe just start talking about things and get some things uh, maybe better prepared. I, I think if you had a, a pre-meeting, you know, you could have your Monday meeting. Kathy, you could be out in a half hour. I'm joking about that, but it could be quick. <laughs> Dang it, then Rusty would expect me to be back here. <laughs> but you know how the meetings are. There's nothing wrong yeah. with a three-hour meeting, but, you know, it seems like we start talking about things at the end. And, and that's really – it just doesn't seem like to be a really good format uh, for that. And so so I'd rather just have new business, you know, maybe at a roundtable discussion once a month and just, just talk about, you know, ideas, directions. What's wrong with, what's wrong with work sessions? What's wrong with – Saying, you know, if you want to come in on our, uh, let's say, Thursday night meeting prior to the uh, Monday meeting or where it's held Saturday morning, you know, let's just talk about it. You know, if you're a department head, you're free to come and discuss prior to the council meeting. Maybe that's a better, you know, avenue for people. And then the Monday meetings could be really quick. But if, but by doing that, perhaps, you know, you're, 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 you're satisfying two uh, desires, maybe more access to your elected officials in public meetings, and you're also making it efficient for the county government to conduct its business. So I, I at least want to maybe explore some options before we even take a final on that. I vote against Saturday morning meetings. Just let me tell you right <laughs> well, now. It would be like a voluntary, you know, work session. It would yeah, be, but I can't, I, I got to know what's okay. going on. Gotcha. So I had gotcha. to be there and gotcha. it's like Saturday mornings. Come on. Live stream. How about that? You know, well, I would be, I would be there in my pajamas and <laughs> uh, my lazy boy well, watching you. <laughs> I, I just want to get together and talk about it. Cause I, I, I think again, I support the idea. If, if it's one or the other, I'd rather do night. Jesse made a great point. Every county around us has night meetings. Almost every local government has their business conducted at night. And that's primarily probably for two reasons. Uh, it's, it's more convenient for the people serving uh, on the boards, the elected officials, because they have jobs during the day. And it's also, you know, it's an opportunity for the public, probably in general, to participate a little bit more. You know, I, I know it that's would be a- interesting to ask them what kind of participation they get yeah you know to see and and it was it was said that they've had night meetings and the public participation is not any better so it's 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 good to talk about it though very good well tim we are out of time believe it or not all right it goes very fast yeah it does i can't believe it i'm I'm already late for work but (laughs) we're just gonna tell the boss Better, better dock your own pay there. <laughs> well, I, I, I said I would be down in Argus to help paint at 11, so I thought, oh. I, I thought I'd be out of here at quarter till, but hey, we had fun. And it's a valuable and public service. And painting is not your forte. I don't like painting. I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't. I just don't. Very good. Let's uh, get a caller here. We got okay. um, spaghetti giveaway from Swan Lake, uh, okay. the, chop at the house. Chop House. Thursday night dinner. 
Yeah. Um, well, I was there a week ago, and the food is fantastic. Uh, I didn't get spaghetti, though. It no. It wasn't on the menu. have spaghetti for the wedding. No, we didn't have spaghetti <laughs> for the wedding. I would have you voted for You did have tacos for the, I, for the rehearsal, Yes, though. we did. But uh, I would have voted spaghetti or the burger. But this time we're giving away spaghetti to caller number 7, 574 Caller number 7. The Labor Day weekend concert you asked for. B100 and Plymouth Motor Speedway welcome. September 4th at Plymouth Motor Speedway. Door is open at 3 p.m. Chris Jansen, live in concert. Guest Parmalee. Also appearing Shane Prophet, Levi Riggs, and more. Tickets go on sale June 10th at 10 a.m. at the box office and at PlymouthMotorSpeedway.com. General admission and reserved seating available. Chris Jansen in concert. Turn those horses loose and get your tickets now. Produced by Plymouth Motor Speedway. <laughs> First, we saw the gibbons, and they're absurdly adorable. And the rhinos, which were crazily humongous. And then we saw the lizards, and they're awesomely scaly. And now we're thoroughly exhausted. <laughs> the Indianapolis Zoo, wildly inspiring. Save up to 50% when you get your tickets online at IndyZoo.com. At Co-Alliance Propane, we treat our customers like neighbors because it's exactly what we are. Co-Alliance isn't some company across the country. We're across the county. We work, play, and live right here in Marshall County. With programs like Summer Fill, Budget, and Fixed Price, you can choose the program that works best for you. Visit co-alliancepropane.com for more details, including 50 free gallon offers for new and existing customers. Co-Alliance Propane, seriously local. All day I faced a barren waste without the taste of water. Cool water. water. Oh, Dan and I with throats burned dry and souls that cry for water. water. Cool water. Clear water. Keep a moving, Dan. Don't you listen to him, Dan. He's the devil, not a man, and he spread the burning sand with water. Dan, can you see that big green tree where the water's running free and it's waiting there for me and you? The nights are cool and I'm a pool. Each star's a pool of water. But with the dawn I'll wake and yawn and carry on to water, cool, clear water. Keep a moving, Dan, don't you listen to him, Dan. He's the devil, not a man, and he spread the burning sand with water. 
Then can you see that big green tree where the water's running free and it's waiting there for me and you? The shadows sway and seem to say, tonight we pray for water. It's never water. over till the listener gives his view here on What's Your Opinion on WTCA Implement. Call now, 574-936-4096, or tell us what you think or text, 574-307-6647. Now here's Kathy and Rusty. Cool water. That's what everybody's going to be looking for today. Yep. And we know the the coldest water in town is the fountain by the post Post office. office. Yeah. Get over there and enjoy it. I can vouch for that from my days. We ready to uh, hit the button here? Did you get a winner? Uh, I don't know. Okay. You forgot. (laughs) I didn't ask. Okay. Uh, I'm sure we did. I I don't know. I didn't ask. I was I was busy doing my job. Okay, good for you. <laughs> uh, time for birthdays. You hear your name, going to put your name in the hat. You're going to be eligible for four cupcakes from La Dessert Cafe, free small drink from the Coffee Lodge, and a bouquet of flowers from Cajun Creek. Happy birthday, Delia Parker. That is a belated birthday, so Delia, you're eligible. I can't reach we, it. There we go. Uh, happy birthday to Shirley Patton. Shirley. Happy birthday to you. You're in the hat. And happy birthday to Nancy Kaiser. Nancy, happy birthday. You're in the hat. And you're eligible for our drawing for those prizes from Lundizer Cafe, the Coffee Lodge, and Cashin Creek. Uh, no anniversaries today. Get them here because at the end of the month, we have a drawing for 50 bucks from Deaton Clemens Van Gilder Funeral Home. And uh, you will be eligible for that if you can... Find your way to getting us your anniversary date if it is this month. Now it's time for the trading post. You can buy, sell, trade, giveaway, four in four days. There's nothing in the trading post. So having a, having a sale. Nothing in the trading post. Not right now. Uh, but I'm sure we'll have sales or something. So if you're uh, looking to get rid of something, looking for something, looking to sell something, looking to have a sale, let us know. We'll help you out. And that is the trading post for today. That's all I have. And... Up for tomorrow. And tomorrow, right now, it's just you and me and the Hoosier Lottery. Woohoo! Okay. Maybe they'll have some cash for us. Maybe we'll have some tickets to give away tomorrow I for bet fun. We I bet we will. Okay. All right. So, uh, anyway, have yourselves a great day. We'll be back at 9 tomorrow. You're listening to FM 106.1 and AM 1050. WTCA, Plymouth.